Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hi, Amy. Chris okay. Ranji, who did not die. I did not die. I made Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. Look uh, at this guy. Look, I'm I'm COVID negative. And Are you... This is a real celebration. This is a real day. celebration. And yeah, hey, I just it, speaking of well, I mean celebrations. Uh-huh. Celebrations. Oh, yeah. Let's let's get to that. Let's get Amy to Mark's celebrations. Course, Chris Ranji, what a huge day it is on this beautiful Monday. We led with your return after COVID. Well, because I didn't die. Unbelievable. That's, that's huge news. I'm alive. Just that is a that un- is a huge development, Amy. Uh, I'm still on Earth. Uh, Amy Marks, Cora's Chris Ranji, and of course, the phone lines, they are open. 314-436-7900. Our text line, same number. Our voicemail line, little different. 314-944-1120. You can leave us a voicemail anytime you want to. We are getting voicemails over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I heard one on Saturday. It's good. Um you might get to hear it today. So we just want to hear from you. Uh, those are the numbers. We're also on social media at Chris Amy KMOX. Time now for the top of the order. The top three stories everybody will be talking about. Well, there ain't no denying now. Denying it now, Amy. The Kansas City Chiefs are officially a dynasty. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It hasn't been, it's been twenty years since the teams won back-to-back Super Bowls. Patriots did it. And I mean, now you're having the conversation and that will go on for the next couple of years, assuming Patrick Mahomes stays healthy. But is he going to be better than Tom Brady? Is he going to be the best quarterback of all time? Number two. (laughs) We're doing the top three, Amy. What are you doing? I don't know. Because you know what? We should have started with Mitch Holtis's call. That's well, just, what I well, wanted we'll to get, do. Good Lord. Oh, my gosh. You're somehow getting ahead of yourself Donald, and behind. Number I don't know two, how you're doing it. Donald Trump wants to know where Nikki Haley's husband is. And pitchers and catchers report to spring training tomorrow. McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown. Kansas City. McCall Hardman. McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side. A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime. Kansas City wins the game. 25-22. And the Chiefs' kingdom has started its own history class because for the first time in 6,944 days, there is a back to back Super Bowl champion, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs, champions of Super Bowl 58 on the heels of Super Bowl 57. The Chiefs do it in overtime. Well, that was as exciting as it gets, and uh, they did it again. And I feel like once they got to over, actually, by the end of the game, by the time we got to the fourth quarter, even with San Francisco up, it just felt inevitable. 
You know the old Thanos thing, I am inevitable? Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs just feel that way. Even in a season that was considered to be a down year for them. It was a them. bad year. That's how you know they're a dynasty. Year. No, it's a <laughs> bad a, a, year. For them. For them, it was a bad year. And that's how you know it's a dynasty. That's how you know they are a team playing on another level is when you can have a down year. Your quarterback can have the worst year statistically, I think, that he had has had, and he still wins the Super it, Bowl. It, because he's, it, it's just, that's how good he is. And it wasn't a spectacular game for him, but the reality is it was still a very good one. He Make no mistake about it. Patrick Mahomes played well last night. But here's what the greats do. They do it when it matters. And he did it in the fourth quarter, and he did it in overtime. The team clearly helping him out. He didn't do it all by himself. But that is, and I know the, the conversation in terms of the just the football is going to be, and it's already started, and I think it started before last night's game, is he the best of all time? And in his first six seasons, uh, there's been nobody who's been better in their first six seasons than he has, more mm-hmm. successful, more to show for it. I don't think it is hyperbole at this point to talk about Patrick Mahomes being the best quarterback in the history of the NFL, yeah. and he's only 28 and it makes me sick. It makes me absolutely sick. But you can't deny how good the guy hey, is. Did I hear it right that no team has ever been shut out in the first half? And I guess it was 10-3 at halftime, right? What was 10 to half- 3. 10-3 at halftime. Okay. Because no team had ever been shut out at halftime and won the Super Bowl. They were close, but they, they did get that field goal at the end. I also have a stat here that since 2019. The Chiefs are now 5-1 and one when trailing by 10 or more points mm-hmm. at any point in the playoffs, and the rest of the NFL is 6-48 and 48 in that same span. Just it's, that's, that's unbelievable. And, and that is largely because of him. It's largely yeah. because of because it is the one stabilizing force a team has, and it is by far the most important position in sports. Yeah. It just isn't. Of the four main sports— that we consider to be the biggest sports in the country, it's by far the biggest. It is by far the most important, and there's nobody at it better than him, even in a down year. That's why going into it, even though they were considered the underdog, because they have him, and even if he's not having the best season or the best Patrick Mahomes-level season, you just you know it's coming. And that's for me and any other person who was watching last night, anybody who's who's astutely aware of football, pays attention to it, you know that dude, if you give him an opportunity late, he's going to deliver. Mm-hmm. And he did it. And he does it every single time. And the Chiefs are that good. So if you've been wondering, uh, yeah, your Chiefs, if that is your team, is officially a dynasty. And yep. there's more to come. There That's is. what's crazy. There, Aren't the, isn't their roster pretty solid for a while? Well, it yeah, it will be, and they have good coaching, which matters a ton. You, Andy Reid is spectacular. A lot of people thought the loss of Tyreek Hill would have, I think, a much bigger impact. It had a big on impact. On most teams, it would. On most teams, it would, yeah. and, and I think it did have an impact, at least in the regular season, again, because the Chiefs had, by their standards, a rough year, and then for them to be able to pull off this game— Just what an exciting finish.
Dude, former receiver um, who was with us on Friday, former receiver and Chiefs analyst Danon Hughes is going to join us at 11 o'clock. We will talk about this <laughs> Super Bowl victory for them. They must be, it, it must feel old at this point. I, I don't know. It's just, it's for six years, this is just kind of what you expect. It's unrealistic to think you're going to win the Super Bowl every year. Teams just don't do it. But the feeling that you're at least going to get close Mm -hmm. or it's likely that you might end up in the Super Bowl. It's just it. I can't imagine being a fan of a team that's doing what the Chiefs are doing right now, that every single year they are a if not a Super Bowl favorite, Mm -hmm. they're a favorite to win their conference. They're a favorite to go to the Super Bowl. Just unimaginable. And here's what I would say to Chiefs fans. Enjoy the hell out of this for however long it lasts. You know, we we talked about the Patriots and that 20-year run they had where they were always a contender mm-hmm. and how that doesn't happen. As long as Patrick Mahomes is around, this can happen for them. And this could go on for a decade. Yeah. At least. It's so impressive. It's so impressive. Well, we've got a lot of... Man, there's so much to talk about from Taylor Swift to the commercials. We want to hear from you. We've there got a lot to discuss. People who are on hold right now want to talk about this game, and we'll do it when we come back. So if you're on hold, we'll get to you. 314-436-70. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 900, it's Chris and Amy on KMOX. The goal's always been to get three. But we couldn't get here without getting the two and having that target on our back all year. And I love these guys right here. The men that we just won this thing with, family forever, baby. I couldn't be more proud of you guys. And how about it? We get a chance to do it three times in a row. That's Travis Kelsey. That's Mr. Swift to you. Um, right after the game last night when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl for the third time in the last six years. Uh, so that's happening. Congratulations to all of you who are celebrating the Chiefs today. This is the home of the Kansas City Chiefs, KMOX. Got to hear their games all during the regular season and playoffs. Mm-hmm. I know we're going to talk football. I have so many questions, and there's so many things to talk about here uh, around I would say you would say ancillary to the game. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, who is Ice Spice? What do you mean, who is Ice Spice? Did you know who Ice Spice yes. was? Is she the most, she's not the most recognizable rapper. No. A lot of people didn't know who she was. That was like a, there were, you know, whenever you see people in the booth. She's got like orange hair. Yeah. Yeah. She was sitting next to Taylor Swift. Yeah. I didn't know, I just. She's not in your demo. Well, no, it's not only that, but I mean, I know of famous people who are not in my demo. She's been in the Duncan commercials. I didn't know who Ice Spice was. Yeah. Also, Jack Dorsey sitting with Beyonce and Jay-Z was a surprise. They are close. They're very close. From what I understand, um, uh, when Jack Dorsey's brother passed Mm -hmm. a few months ago, Jay-Z came to town for the funeral. He was here. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Jack Dorsey's always... Very quietly, obviously. Yeah, Jack Dorsey's a very interesting guy, looking guy. He always looks a little bit like the 
sketchy ads on the right side of Gmail that, like, is your Missouri car insurance too high? And you're like, why is it that picture? That's what <laughs> Jack Dorsey kind of looks like. We told you that we want to hear from you. 314-436-7900 in DeSoto. Eric is with us on KMOX. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Chris. You know, I actually called not to talk about the game, but because I was worried about you, Chris. <laughs> okay. Well, what what are you worried about? I'm I'm well, used. Is is it about Mahomes? Well, it's like I, I just I hear how mopey you're sounding, and I I can't help but feel terrible for you. So oh. I wanted to pick you up today to help you cope with having to talk about this all day, Chris. Okay, go ahead. I just want to remind you that as of today, the Chicago Bears are tied for first place. Okay, Eric, you're fired. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I thought fired. Eric. See, I thought you were calling Eric because um, mm. Chris. Almost died. I mean, he might have died. He didn't. He's fine. Yeah. But in the words of Usher, Daddy's home. That's right. See, because you know what? You didn't even know what that song was until this Daddy's morning. Daddy's home because. That's my song. Because. I was home with COVID. That's right. That's right. Because that was my song COVID. for the last week. <laughs> Daddy's home with COVID. That was me. Thank you, Eric. And the Bears are on the clock okay. right now because the draft is 73 days away. Yep. Chris in O'Fallon, Illinois. What's up, Chris? What's going on, Chris and Amy? Hey. Hey, uh, boy, this one hurts, man. I'm uh, I'm almost, I'd say, at least 45-year uh, 49er fan. Oh, I, I've been a fan ever since they visited uh, the old Bush Stadium to play the old football Cardinals. And uh, this is three losses in a row. Um, I, I hate the AFC teams. I, I am an NFC loyalist, and uh, I just... Uh, it's it's a blo- I mean I didn't bet any money I didn't lose anything but uh, mm. I'm I'm just so sick of Tra- Kelsey and Taylor Swift and the Hollywood glitterati and all the all the people that suck up to one and each other. Well, the good I news just- is they don't have that in San Francisco. <laughs> Usually, Kansas City well known for glitterati. I'm giving you, giving you trouble because Chris, Kansas City is flyover country. I am right there with you. And they I, am, had to- I am sick of these people. Sick of them. Chicago and San Francisco, people don't talk about them enough. I'm sick of Kansas City getting all the attention. Me too. Chris, thank you for, for that phone call. Because <laughs> I do I feel totally bad for agree. Chris. I feel I, Because I, I, I can feel the sadness in his voice. It's just funny because it's Kansas City. Well, I'll agree it's with not, him on this. I've always had a soft spot for the 49ers. I used to yeah. love Joe Montana. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he played for both teams. They were in the Super Bowl last night. Did you night. like Steve was, Young? Not really. Oh, interesting. I, didn't like I liked Steve Young both that much. of them. I felt like they were a good duo. Yeah, I, I loved Joe Montana, mm-hmm. though. Big fan. Um, so I have a soft spot for them. Yeah. Their coach is really good. Kyle Shanahan is a really good coach. Might have messed up on the details. And he uh, he tends to have difficulty being a member of teams that have significant leads in mm-hmm. significant games and then coughing up those leads. He was part of the coaching staff when the Falcons blew it against the Patriots when they were up 28 to three mm-hmm. and they lost. So, um, and I want to say this too, because you know, mad at Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Here's the thing. It's true love. And here's how Ronj and I have both determined independently that it's true love. I thought this last night. I was thinking the same thing. Because it makes me gag. Watching them smooch. She was hugging him and smooching him on the field. And here's the thing. Having played ice hockey, I know what sports pads smell like. You can see 
the sweat dripping off his face. And it's not just his sweat. He's got other gross men's sweat all over his jersey, and she's all over him. his pads. And she Ew. was hugging him, oh. leaning into Smooching. his jersey and his football pads. And I thought, oh. that's true love, because I don't know that I could do that. Everybody Disgusting. knows what football pads smell like. Gross. Ugh. And we she was g- giving him hugs and kisses. That's true love. Leave us a voicemail all day. 314-944-1120 as you celebrate the Chiefs. It's Chris and Amy on KMOX. It is the Chris and Amy show on KMOX. We are happy you are with us today. On this uh, Monday, post-Super Bowl, we will mm-hmm. continue to hear from you, 314-944-1120, if you want to leave us a voicemail. We're going to uh, shift things up just a little bit here, and we go to the Quiver River Electric guest line this morning, and Josh Krausar is a is he is the editor-in-chief of the Jewish Insider. You've probably heard him on Fox News Radio as well as a political analyst, and he joins us on the Quiver River Electric guest line this morning. Josh, we appreciate you being here today. How are you? Good. Great to be with you. It's great to have you. And you were tweeting over the weekend about some recent polling mm-hmm. that shows our representative here in the city of St. Louis, who is a, a Missouri uh, representative in the House, um, Corey Bush, who is struggling in the polls. She is running against Wesley Bell, who right now is the county prosecutor, who is also popular in the area. And right now she's she's losing to him by a significant margin. And you were, were talking about why you think that is. Yeah, so, I mean, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, but this is uh, about as fascinating a political poll as I've seen in quite some time. You don't always have, like, major surprises when you, when you look at political polling data, but this is one that really, really caught my eye. And, look, I, I, I think, why is she polling so poorly? I think there's a confluence of, of factors. Uh, number one is, I think, most obviously, her the criminal investigation behind money that she has allegedly used from her uh, campaign account for personal security uh, measures, including hiring her, I guess, now husband and, and that arrangement uh, being investigated. There, there's sort of a shadow, an ethically, an ethically, a sense of, you know, a lawmaker being ethically embattled, a shadow about her, her propriety of how she handled things uh, hanging over her. So that, that certainly had an impact. It's been covered extensively uh, on the news in, in the St. Louis area. Um, you know, number two is that she's well to the the hard left on on policy. Uh, we've covered extensively her, her positions on, on Israel at Jewish Insider, but you know she was one of the most outspoken lawmakers in Congress in the last couple of years, calling on uh, defunding the police, which is not only an unpopular position across uh, her district, but it's also one that kind of shows her as a hypocrite, given that she's mm-hmm. obviously been spending a lot of money on her maybe illegally on her personal finances for personal security. Um, and she's calling on communities to not spend as much money to protect, protect themselves on, you know, when it comes to the police. Um, so there, there's that. And then there's the fact that she has a very talented or at least a, you know, an impressive up and coming challenger in the primary and Wesley Bell, who is the St. Louis County prosecutor, as you well know, uh, he's someone who's you know, on many issues, a progressive, uh, but on, uh, to fund the police on, on, um, you know, on the issue of Israel, he is much more in the Democratic mainstream. And uh, he also is African-American. So there are a lot of voters of all ideological stripes, of all backgrounds, that actually view Wesley Bell as a less 
uh, tainted, less less crazy version, of, uh, you know, of, of Cory Bush that will vote the same way on many things, but doesn't have the radical tinge that that Bush brings to the table. Yeah, I think that is one thing with Cory Bush. I mean, her victory over the incumbent Lacey Clay, who had been there forever and his family, a big name in Missouri in the St. Louis area. She defeats him as an up and comer. But she it, while Wesley Bell is a progressive, she is so far left that she makes him look pretty moderate by comparison. And her she seems out of touch with her constituents. You mentioned defund the police. She also wanted to defend the Pentagon, but Boeing is in her district. I mean, those uh, the people she represents are many Boeing workers, and also in the St. Louis area within her district uh, is the largest Jewish population and community in the area, all within her district as well. So she just seems to be out of touch. And as you mentioned, Wesley Bell is... Uh, very popular, gaining popularity, and seems to be a more moderate alternative, relatively speaking. Yeah, relatively speaking to, to, to that district. And one other little tidbit that, that I'm sure your your listeners know about it, but the, 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 the state of Missouri drew the lines differently between uh, 2020 and 2022. And what you the, the, the district where Bush originally won in when she un- unseated Congressman Jefferson or uh, uh, Congressman, yeah. Congressman, uh, the Congressman Clay, I'm sorry, um, what was mostly the city of St. Louis, whereas mm-hmm. the new district includes uh, more of the suburbs. It's a little more moderate, a little less less uh, predisposed to these sort of left wing candidates. So that that redraw certainly helps someone like Wesley Bell. And if you look at the poll, you look at the the. the the, the cross tabs of the poll, uh, Bell's strength is, you know, the, the, the precincts outside the city and in the, into the suburbs of St. Louis County. Visiting with Josh, uh, Josh Krausauer, who is with the Jewish Insider, editor-in-chief. Also, you've heard him on Fox News Radio. Uh, wanted to ask you about President Biden's uh, handling of the conflict that is ongoing with Israel, uh, Israel inside Gaza. And there was a report today that privately he has referred to uh, Benjamin Netanyahu as an a-hole, um, but he used the, the actual word. As we sit here today, as that conflict is ongoing, what are your thoughts on, on how he has handled it? So big picture, I, I think, especially given the trends in the Democratic Party, that you have the, you know, the squad members like Cory Bush and you have some left-wing activist lawmakers in the party. You know, he's been a pretty stalwart supporter of Israel and, and the fact that they're still uh, continuing to fight Hamas, trying to win the war, trying to do what it takes to, 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 to defeat them militarily, I think is a sign of the general support that Biden has, has offered to the Jewish state. Um, on the other hand, he's facing a lot of these political crosswinds within the Democratic Party, and um, especially in a state like Michigan, where you have a, enough Arab American uh, voters there, enough anti-Israel voters. He's been trying and sending people in his administration to kind of pander to that, that side of the party and trying to show some symbolic uh, measures that he's not fully support. You know, he's criticizing Bibi Netanyahu. He thinks Israel's gone too far, as he said last Thursday at that press conference and in, in its military uh, mission. Um, like the, the lot, I think you can read a lot of those comments as political posturing, ways to kind of throw out some some bones to the to the left wing base that has become increasingly dissatisfied of how he's been largely supportive of Israel in, in its uh, defense um, and its, its its war against Hamas. Look, he, he looks at the state of his party, and you do have this anti-war, anti-Israel faction that he's been trying to appease. And I, I think fundamentally he's kind of held the line, but they're doing things mostly symbolically, mostly rhetorically, that are trying to balance that coalition, but doing it in a way that makes you wonder where he actually stands on some of these core issues. 
Yeah, Josh, the United States and Israel have famously been allies in a bipartisan support in the United States and supporting Israel as a strong ally. Do you see the past few months as being a watershed in that relationship? Do you see it changing or do you see things balancing out again? Yeah, look, I think the fact that you have had that public support from the Biden White House at a time when you have outspoken factions on the far left within the party, uh, you know, criticizing it, even in the media, like the, the, the degree to which, you know, it, there's sort of a, a, a moral backwardsness where, you know, the, the country that was attacked uh, by a, 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 the worst uh, attack against Jews uh, since the Holocaust uh, on October 7th, that somehow they were the, the villain in, in a lot of the, the narrative in certain outlets. I mean, that, the fact that you do look at the public opinion polls and you do look at where most Democrats have been, including the White House, I think it does show you the depth of support that, that Israel has in the American in the mind of the American public. But look, there, there are kind of extremes out there. And, and these days, uh, you can see what's going on on Capitol Hill. The extremes tend to tend to have a lot more power than maybe their numbers suggest. So, um, look, I think we're going to pay pretty close attention. Uh, you know, I think the big question is going ahead. What, what is what, what, what is the does the Biden administration change course? Do they uh, roll back at all any of their, their support that they've given to Israel so far? But so far, they've been saying a lot of things. They've been trying to send messages to certain communities. But generally, their policies have been pretty, pretty supportive overall. Uh, since the Robert Hur uh, report came out last week uh, saying that they were not going to charge President Biden with the mishandling of classified documents, and we all know that the um, pejorative language that's in that report has has brought a lot of reaction. As we move toward the election, and we are still several months away from it, how much do you think that is really going to factor in, in not just President Biden's re-election campaign, but uh, President Trump's re-election campaign, because they both have questions about their mental capabilities. Well, I, I think for Trump, his biggest vulnerability is the legal uh, cases against him, the indictments that are, that are down the pike. For Biden, it's his age and, and the fact that it's not just Republicans, but it's, it's 80, almost 80 percent of Americans that have serious concerns about the president, who's 81 years old, his ability to serve. For the next four years, it's sort of a, a, a litmus, or it's sort, it's sort of a prerequisite to, to how people think about. Uh, even if you're if you're not ideological, you're just looking at two candidates, and you don't think one is capable of serving for the next four years. That's shaping a lot of a lot of the political dynamic right now. And uh, Biden, you know, those those famous words in the in Robert Hur's uh, report that that he's sort of a well-meaning elderly young man, but is losing a little bit of his mental acute, is losing his his, 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 his focus and his memory. Uh, that's a damaging, damaging uh, perception, and it's one that Biden himself is really shaped by not doing a whole lot of interviews, by not getting out there, by not doing the pregame show, uh, typical the, the, the typical pregame interview that most most presidents do right before the Super Bowl. So he hasn't helped himself by not getting out there, by not showing the American public that he is, you know, more vibrant, more focused as as his handlers and as his staff has been saying. Uh, so it, it's a real problem, and it's I think it's a driving force. Uh, for why Biden is struggling to to defeat Trump or lead Trump in, in many of these national public opinion polls. Josh Krausar, we appreciate your time. Thank you for talking with us this morning. Thanks. Take care. Uh, Josh Krausar is the editor-in-chief of the Jewish Insider, also a political analyst with Fox News Radio. Amy Marks Kors, Chris Ranji, and Did You See This is next on KMOX. Ranj, keeping along the theme of the Super Bowl, I don't know if you saw this, but Taylor Swift, according to some Vegas 
betting company. They Taylor Swift gained more followers on Instagram last night than Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey combined. So Taylor Swift gained 105,000 Instagram followers yesterday after the game or during the game. Patrick Mahomes gained 41,000. Travis Kelsey gained 61,000. And the headline was like, Taylor Swift gains more Super Bowl Sunday followers. Okay, I mean, not a huge surprise. But here's the thing. On Instagram, Taylor Swift has almost 281 million followers. Uh So if she gains 105,000 followers, it's like 0.03% of her followers. Whereas... Travis Kelsey increased his followers by 1% because he has 6 million. So what I'm saying is, percentage-wise, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes picked up a bunch of followers. They shouldn't how poo-poo many, them. How many does Patrick have total? Patrick Mahomes has 6.3 million. Okay. Travis Kelsey has 6 million. Interesting. And so Patrick Mahomes picked up 0.6%. Travis Kelsey picked up 1%. But again, because Taylor Swift has so many followers, it's actually, I still think Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, their numbers are more impressive percentage-wise. I She's think, got the whole world following her already. You know, I don't follow a lot of athletes on Twitter or Instagram. I just generally don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but $6 million seems like a lot for an athlete. Even, yeah. even for an NFL player. I don't know. Maybe it's not. I should probably go look. Ice hey, Spice has 10 million followers. Well, Ice Spice is an artist. No, She's, I know. I just different. thought I would give her credit. Um, did you see that Nancy Pelosi, who is a, well, 49ers fan, I don't know mm-hmm. how much she cares, but California's her state, San Francisco's her city. Uh, she was on a sold-out flight from San Francisco to Vegas, and um, she came in, and there was a gentleman who was sitting in the middle seat. And she asked him if he wanted the window seat so she could sit next to her husband, and he obliged. And then uh, this fan, or mm-hmm. he was also a 49ers mm-hmm. fan on the way to the game. His name is Tennyson William, or Wilson. Great name. Tennyson Wilson. Mm-hmm. He said that all she did was read, like, five newspapers the entire time. He said, I originally had the middle seat. She offered to give me the window, which was awesome. I think she read, like, five newspapers. It was cool watching the machine work. It was like sitting next to your grandma, but doing way more work. (laughs) Here's the thing. There's not a lot of room to open a newspaper on a plane. I know. Maybe she folded it. The fold method. You'd have to. You can't open it. Well, if you can read. I've seen people read on the train. You know, like a a subway. You and your trains. I love trains. Uh, This is kind of a sad one. Oh, then why don't you read it? I got one, too. Is yours funny or sad? Okay. So this one's actually sad. Uh... Kelvin Kiptum, most people don't know his name probably, which is sad and shocking in and of itself because he's the fastest distance runner the, uh, in the world. He held the marathon world record two hours. He ran two hours and I think 38 seconds. He ran that in the Chicago Marathon this past Chicago Marathon this past fall. He is 24 years old, killed in a car accident yesterday in Kenya along with his coach. He, along with Iliad Kipchoge, Iliad Kipchoge is the guy that Nike um, wanted to break two hours in the marathon, so they did it. It just wasn't official, but they did it. He was going to represent Kenya in the Olympics. Died tragically at 24 years old. Oh, jeez. Fastest marathoner in the world. World record holder. That is wild. So, really, really sad. 
Um, Amy, did you see the story? And I know you did because I sent it to you. Of the man, a 63-year-old man on a Lufthansa flight. Oh. Who died after coughing up, quote, liters of blood. I do not recommend reading this story. I read it. It's It's like a horror. It was a German national, 63 years old. Um, Witnesses say that the scene was absolute horror. Everyone was screaming. He started coughing up blood into a bag. Yeah. And it was coming out of his nose. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was bad. What the hell happened to this guy? I don't and, and know I said, what I said, condition. When I sent it to you, I said, this really sounds like the beginning of one of those global pandemic movies where mm-hmm. on a flight, somebody starts coughing up blood, and then everybody on the flight has it, and then they spread it to everywhere, and then, then it's 28 days later. You know? That's what it sounded like to me. I don't know what condition would cause that much blood either. so suddenly. Apparently, when he got on the flight, he was sweating and looked ill, and his wife assured everyone, no, no, he's fine. He's just out of breath from running to catch the flight. It's awful. I need to know what happened. Uh, That's Amy Marks Coors. I'm Chris Ranji. We are going to talk Chiefs. They have won the Super Bowl. Danon Hughes, Kansas City Chiefs analyst and former receiver, joins us next on KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.